Well, good morning. Am I? Okay, there we are. Good morning. Um, Please pray with me uh, once again, and then we will continue. Oh, Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to be gathered together like this this morning. And I want to just ask simply, Father, that you would help us, that you would help us to find wonderful things in your word this morning. Um, That we would be helped to draw close to you. You would empower us by your spirit to do that. You would draw close to us. And again, that we would find wonderful things in your word. And that would help us to to experience your love, to experience life in you, um, and to experience your favor, God, in Christ. And I pray in Jesus' name now. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning again. Uh, My name is Thomas. I'm one of the pastors here uh, with Christ Redeemer Church. Um, uh, Maybe you don't know that. Perhaps you're a guest with us this morning. So if you are a guest, welcome. I'm very glad that you are here with us. I'm glad that we can be together here today. Um, And uh, as I have been preaching here over the course of about the last year, um, I, I tend to preach about every four to six weeks or so. Um, I've been moving us through the book of Proverbs, so we're doing a series there, taking sort of pretty, pretty much chapter by chapter swaths in, in Proverbs, and we're going to continue that, that uh, sermon series here this morning, uh, and we're going to be into chapter 8, Proverbs chapter 8 this morning. Now the book of Proverbs, um, this book is especially concerned with instructing on the on nature on, on wisdom on the nature of wisdom and and it's interested in drawing its readers in to to really uh, embrace wisdom and become truly wise people to forsake foolishness and to embrace wisdom and uh, for the sake of this message this morning then I just want to highlight four things in chapter eight here so number one the call of wisdom. Number two, the worth of wisdom. Number three, the experience of wisdom. And number four, the blessings of wisdom. Now, chapter eight is um, a little bit different than the other chapters that we've uh, looked at so far. Um, And and, and, uh, we see this a little bit in some of the earlier chapters, but especially in chapter eight here, the writer personifies wisdom. Okay, so, so poetically, uh, metaphorically, wisdom stands off the page here as a person, often called Lady Wisdom or Woman Wisdom. And Lady Wisdom now engages with us personally, and she speaks to us directly. She, she gets up, looks at us in the eye, and speaks to us directly here. And again, we, we've seen a little bit of this in uh, previous chapters, but pretty much all of Chapter 8 is fully wisdom speaking to us uh, directly. And, and she wants us to listen to her. She wants us to, to love her. She wants us to treasure her and to follow her. Because, she makes the case, because of her worth. And because of her experience. And because of her blessings that she offers. Uh, now in light of that, uh, you know the New Testament. In the New Testament, John chapter 5 um, Jesus says that, that, that Scripture bears witness about him. And in Luke uh, 24, Jesus says that, that there are things written about him, there are things concerning him in, in, all over in the, uh, the Old Testament. And so all of Scripture is meant to point us to Jesus. And insofar as that's true, I think 
there is a really straight line from Proverbs 8 to Jesus. And I want us to see that this morning. Um, ultimately, we have Jesus here calling us from Proverbs chapter 8. And, and like with Lady Wisdom, we should listen to him. We should love him. We should treasure him. We should follow him because, because of his worth and because of his experience and because of the blessings that Jesus offers those who will, uh, those who will hear him. Um, again, I think that's what Proverbs 8 wants us to see with regard to wisdom, but I think that points us out further and down deeper to see this pointing us to uh, Jesus, to see these things especially in Jesus. So we'll go ahead and read Proverbs 8 here together. We'll, look at the whole, we'll read through the whole chapter. Um, if you happen to have your Bible, you can certainly read along. Otherwise, uh, we will have the words uh, behind, me or behind me on the screen. So Proverbs 8 here, starting at verse 1. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cries to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold, for wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil are perverted and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and, and nobles all who govern justly. I love those who love me. And those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold even fine gold, and my yield than choice silver. I walk in the way of righteousness and the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the world, uh, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first, before, beginning, before the beginning of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the foundations of the deep, when he assigned the sea its limits so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in the inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, watching beside my doors, for whoever finds me finds life 
and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. All right, amen. Okay, again, uh, four things that I want to highlight in this chapter. The call of wisdom, the worth of wisdom, the experience of wisdom, and the blessings of wisdom. And then, with all of this, again, looking to see all of this pointing us to Jesus this morning in these things. So, first of all, the call of wisdom. Um, Verse 1 again. Verse 1 again, does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? Yes, she does. That's a, it's a rhetorical question. Yes, she does. And notice that her call is very public. It's very broad. It's for everyone who will hear it, everyone who will receive it. And, and wisdom's call is, verse 2, on the heights beside the way at the crossroads. Verse 3, it's beside the gates in front of the town at the entrance of the portals. So in other words, wisdom calling out here, she's calling out in the very busy, very public places of the city. She wants everyone to hear her. She wants everyone to uh, get an opportunity to hear her invitation. There, there, there's nothing shady about wisdom's call here. There's, there's nothing uh, sketchy. There's, there's no sort of closed door secretive element to it. It's, it's out there for everyone to hear and to receive. You contrast that with earlier chapters, um, the seductive adulterous woman in chapter 7, for example, um, chapter 7, verses 8 and 9, the seductive woman there calls out to people passing along the street near her corner in the twilight, in the evening, at, at, at the time of night and of darkness. Okay, so she's shady. She's, she's sneaky. Wisdom's not like that. Wisdom stands in stark contrast to that adulterous, seductive woman. She's not lurking around in corners at night, um, but she's out there, right, where, where the important decisions of the city get made, where there's lots of people coming and, and, uh, and going. Um, she's very public. She wants everybody to hear her. And she really does target everybody. She wants everybody to, uh, to hear her. She, she mentions um, men. In uh, verse 4, also the children of man. Um, and really, again, that's, that's just everyone. Okay, and, and she mentions simple ones in fools in verse 5. So she really does call out to everyone here. Um, uh, the spirit of this is that this is a call to everyone, man, woman, child, um, whether you're a fool or whether you are wise, and everything in between. And again, the call is very public. Out in the open, there's nothing secretive or shady about this at all. And likewise with Jesus. Likewise with Jesus. Um, In John 18, John 18 verses 19 to 20, Jesus is being challenged there uh, by the Jewish leaders after he was arrested. And uh, it says that the high priest then questioned Jesus about his disciples and about his teaching. And Jesus answered him, I have spoken openly to the world. I have always taught in synagogues and in the temple where all Jews come together. I have said nothing in secret. Nothing in secret. I've spoken openly to the world, Jesus says. And in Matthew 11, 28, 29, um, Jesus famously calls us. Come to me, he says, all who labor and are heavy laden, 
learn from me, Jesus says. And that's to all of us. That's to all of you. That's out in the open, public, nothing to hide. And like Lady Wisdom here, Jesus' words, they're, they're, they're noble. They're right. They're truthful. Jesus can say with verse 8 here, he could say, all the words of my mouth are righteous. There's, there's nothing twisted or crooked in them. And so, there's, again, there's nothing shady about Jesus' call here. There's nothing to be ashamed of. He can truly be trusted. Everything is out there in the open with Jesus. Um, last Friday, of course, was uh, Black Friday. And uh, uh, much along uh, the way of my habit, it was Thanksgiving afternoon on Thursday, of course. Excuse me, of course. And, um, and I'm in the, looking at the uh, Home Depot ads. Okay, and, and, I, and I circled uh, an ad for a table saw because I, I wanted to get this. I wanted to go in with my brothers, uh, my four brothers, and get this for my dad for Christmas. And uh, I think we have a slide there. There's the ad. So I circled that ad, and that ad says that that thing is supposed to cost $529, but the sale price is $299. And I thought, well, great. This is a great, this is a great savings, you know. But I've always wondered about that in these ads. You know, are they, is that really the retail price? Or are they kind of jacking that up so that it would make me, the consumer, feel better? Like I'm getting a bigger deal here. I'm getting a better, better, better uh, savings here. And I don't really know. I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if I can trust it. Because my wife, actually, Karina, she ended up going out. We, we did end up buying this saw for my dad. And, and uh, she went to the store. And the store said, well, actually, it's $399. That's the, the real price. And so I don't know if it's location or what. I don't know how much money I saved. I think I saved some money. I don't know how much. Um, but you can't trust these things. There, 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 there's something sneaky. There's something shady going on. And, and listen, it's a little bit of a cheesy illustration. But with Jesus, there is no, none of this guesswork. Everything is out there. There's no, none of this guesswork. Nothing to hide. There's no deals to be made in any street corners or any back alleys in the dark. No, he's calling. And, and there's no bait and switch. With, with Jesus. There's nothing tr- crooky. There's nothing tricky. tricky. Um, y- y- you could say Jesus is not a Black Friday ad. His, his call is not that. So that's the, that's the call of Jesus, the call of wisdom. Um, so secondly then, the worth of wisdom. And we see that in verses 10 through 11. So those verses again. Verses 10 through 11. Take my instruction instead of silver... And knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels. And all that you may desire cannot compare with her. And also later down in, in, uh, in that chapter in verses 18 and 19. Um, wisdom says riches and honor are with me. Enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Even fine gold. And my yield than cho- excuse me, choice silver. So the worth of wisdom. Why would wisdom say that she is better and more desirable than all of this, um, basically any material game? Why, why would she say that? And I think the answer is in verses 20 to 21. So if you look there, wisdom says that I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice, granting an inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. So wisdom is better and more desirable than material gain because, I think, she walks in justice. She walks in righteousness. 
Um, and, and, and the reason that's better is because that's what matters most to God. That's what matters most to God, to God himself. It matters more to God that we are righteous and that we are just than that we would have riches or that we would be well-to-do uh, material, materially in, in every case. And, and you see that in Jeremiah 9. Uh, Jeremiah 9, verses 23 to 24. It says this, it says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this. That he understands and knows me. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. For in these things I delight, God says. He delights in these things. And so righteousness, justice, this is what the Lord delights in. Uh, This is what God cares more about. He cares more about these things than he does material gain. And that's what's, uh, that's what's better here. That's what's better. Um, that's what, that's what the, the worth of wisdom is. And yet, she does say that she's going to give an inheritance to those who love her. She's going to fill the treasuries of those who love her. So, um, I think you can see that in verse 21. And I think in this case, I think what this means is that because wisdom is righteous and just, well, now she can give those things to those who love her because she's walking in these ways in righteousness and justice. She has that to give to those who love her. And so she'll work to secure those things for those who love her. And she will also work to transform those who love her into truly good and righteous and just people, which again is what God himself delights in. Justice and righteousness. Now, material gain might come with wisdom. I think we see enough of that in Scripture that, yes, material gain might come with wisdom. I mean, there's a place for that. But it's not the main thing here. It's not what's highlighted here, I don't think, as the most valuable thing. But it's justice. It's, it's, It's justice. It's righteousness that is most valuable. And, and likewise with Jesus. We, could, we, we see this absolutely with Jesus. He is better. He is more desirable than any material gain we can possibly imagine. Because he is truly, perfectly righteous and just. He walks in that way. He travels in that path. And he himself is inherently just and righteous. Um, uh, in Acts chapter 22, uh, the Apostle Paul refers to Jesus uh, uh, simply as the righteous one. Th- this is Jesus. And in Philippians 1, um, Paul again, he says, he says, To me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. And he says, My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. It would be better for Paul to go away and be with Jesus. Why? Because, he says, whatever gain I had, I counted as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And, he says, implications of that, I have suffered the loss of all things, I count them as rubbish, in order that I might gain Christ and be found in him and not have a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith, the righteousness from God 
that depends on faith. So Jesus is more desirable. He's more to be desired than any material gain. Even physical life itself in the here and now. Because he's righteous. And he can give righteousness to all of those who put their faith in him. And then in that righteousness, we are welcomed into the very presence of God. To know God personally and to be found in him. In that righteousness. That's what happens in light of the cross. This is what happens in the light of Jesus going to the cross. Jesus, the perfect righteous one, he goes to the cross and he dies in the place of the unrighteous. And that's you and me. That's you and me. 1 Peter 2, 22 and following. 1 Peter says, He committed no sin, neither was there deceit found in his mouth. So no twisted, crooked speech in Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree. That's the cross. So that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. And um, Peter goes on to say in, in, in uh, chapter 3, verse 18, Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. And that's really the basic gospel message. That's the, the gospel, the good news about Jesus. This is the good of the good news about Jesus. And this is, the, this is wide open to the public. Everybody can hear this. Um, everybody can receive this uh, or have opportunity to, to, um, to, to receive it, to understand it. It's nothing that we should be ashamed of. It's nothing for the dark corners. Listen to Jesus. Accept him. Desire him more than any other person, place, or thing, and he will stand in your place, the righteous one, uh, in the place of the unrighteous. He will do that, and he'll give us his righteousness before God and bring us actually to God himself, to know personally the God of the universe. So Jesus is truly better than any material gain that we could possibly imagine, and wisdom points us to that fact. Personified wisdom here in Proverbs 8 points us out to that fact. Because to have Jesus is to have God himself. To have Jesus is to have God himself. That's the worth of of Jesus especially. That's the worth of wisdom that points us there. So, number three then, the experience of uh, wisdom. You probably heard that slogan from Farmers Insurance. We know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Uh, you heard that? Uh, J.K. Simmons, maybe, I think, says that. We know a thing or two, Farmer says, because we've seen a thing or two. Okay? Well, wisdom knows a thing or two because she has seen a thing or two. Because wisdom has been around since the very beginning. She's seen it all. Um, you see that in verses 22 to 31, that's a major thrust of these, verse, the, these verses here, that, that making the point that wisdom was there at the beginning. And these verses are especially why, um, over the course of church history, um, so many people see uh, a, a direct connection between Proverbs 8 and, and uh, Jesus. And there is some debate about these passages. Um, there, there, there has been over the years, and it, it mostly has to do with you know, what's going on here? Is wisdom created or is wisdom sort of the first creation and then God uses wisdom to create everything else? Is wisdom a creation or is wisdom eternal? Um, that's kind of where uh, the debate is. And it's a good question and there are lots that we could uh, say about it. Um, but 
we won't get into all of that this morning, but I, I want you to take the main point. Uh, the, the main point, I think, of this passage is, is simply that wisdom is ancient. Wisdom has been around from the very beginning. She was right there at the beginning, at the beginning of creation, even before the creation of the universe. Uh, verse 27, wisdom says that when God established the heavens, I was there. Uh, in verse 30, she says, I was beside him like a master workman. Or back in chapter 3, verse uh, 19, it says that the Lord, by wisdom, founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. And the point here is that wisdom is credible because of her experience, because of the experience that she has. Um, wisdom was there with God at the beginning of everything. And so again, she knows a thing or two because she's seen a thing or two. She, she knows everything uh, that there is to know about how everything works, how everything fits together, scientifically, um, spiritually, morally, philosophically, w- whatever. You know, pick a field, mathematics, physics, geology, history, whatever it is, parenting, marriage, whatever it is, wisdom understands how it all works, how it all fits together. Because she was right there at the beginning of it all. Um, you remember Job... Job, in the book of Job, after he had suffered so much, been through a lot, he'd heard various questions and answers and counsel from the three of his friends, um, and then he had a few things to say, um, and, uh, and he challenged his friends, he questioned God, he was very confused about his suffering, and uh, finally God answers Job. And maybe you remember this, Job 38, verse 4, God says to Job, Were you there when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Were you there, Job? Were you there at the beginning? Job, you you weren't there. You really don't know anything. You you weren't there. And and, and yes, you've, you've suffered. You are suffering. But you cannot fully grasp the ins and outs and the nuances of maybe why you're suffering or really why anything in the world is the way that it is because you weren't there when I set it all up. It's like God is saying. You weren't there. You, you don't know everything about how I weave everything together according to my perfect arrangements, my wise uh, um, uh, superintending. You, you don't know because you weren't there. Job couldn't know that because he wasn't there at the beginning. But wisdom was. That's the point here. Wisdom was there. And she says, I was right there beside God in the beginning of it all. And not only was she there, she was right there with God. But more than that, there was a lot of happiness taken, going on here. A lot of exchange of delight and rejoicing here with God. God delighted in her. So she wasn't just with God, but God delighted in wisdom. She has God's ringing endorsement. And and that matters to us, right? You think about an endorsement. If you think about reading a book or something, don't you often flip to the back and you kind of want to see who endorses this book? Well, wisdom is a book. You'd flip open the back and you'd see an endorsement there by God himself. And he would say, basically with verse 30, she was my daily delight. That's what God would say in his endorsement. My daily, my delight. And that's, that's reason enough to listen to wisdom. She was with God, and God delighted in her. 
And, and, and perhaps your brain is already going there. We can see this absolutely with Jesus. This, this absolutely points us to Jesus, directly to Jesus. Jesus, too, was there at the beginning with God, at his side, at the creation of the universe. But more than that, deeper than that, the New, New Testament writers push this deeper. They, they, they pick up on the language of Proverbs 8 and they press it further uh, they press it deeper uh, with regard to Jesus. John 1, 1 to 3, famous passage. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Or Colossians 1, 16, by Him all things were made or created in heaven and on earth. And so, not only was Jesus um, uh, there at creation, but Jesus is God himself. He's God himself. Now, of course, this is mysterious, um, but our God is triune, right? God the Father, um, God the Son, or the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. One God, in essence, three persons. Um, God the Father, God the Son, or the Word, and God the Holy Spirit. And in the beginning was the Word. Or perhaps we could say wisdom. The Word of the wisdom was with God. And the Word of the wisdom was God. And, and all things were made through Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. So, so the Word of God. God the, the, the Word clearly is not created. Because um, nothing was made that, that uh, was made apart from Him making it. So you can't have it both ways. And so, yes, Jesus has um, super strong credentials. He certainly knows a thing or two because he's certainly seen a thing or two. And still more than that, like wisdom, not just that Jesus was there creating things, but, but more than that, Jesus, too, is endorsed by God. So the word of God um, becoming flesh, becoming Jesus and when he sets out on public ministry, he's baptized, and there at the baptism, Mark 1.11, it says, A voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. And then in Mark chapter 9, this voice comes again, uh, and uh, Mark says, A voice came out of the cloud, This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Listen to him. So God is pleased with Jesus. He delights in Jesus. God the Father delights in Jesus, the incarnate Word of God. He delights in Him. Um, and because He does, as with wisdom, listen to Him. Because He has God the Father's endorsement, listen to Him. And, and he, he was right there at the beginning. He was speaking out creation over what um, what Genesis 1 says was, was the earth without form and, and void and, and, and darkness and, and deep. Um, and, and, and the Word of God spoke and brought order to that chaotic, formless, dark void. And, uh, man, think about that. If he did that in creation, certainly he can do that for us. I mean, in, 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 in just at a personal level, at a church level. I mean, anywhere we have this seeming formless, dark, deep, void chaos in our lives, certainly Jesus can bring order to that. Certainly Jesus can bring peace to that. And in fact, 
he, he invites us to himself for that. He invites us to come to him and receive that help, that ordering of the chaos of our lives. And, man, in light of his experience, in light of God's delight in him, we can believe him in that invitation to come and get that help. We can believe that he can actually give that help that he's offering us. So the call of wisdom, the worth of wisdom, the experience of wisdom, and all of these things uh, um, uh, of Jesus as well. And finally then the blessings of wisdom. Blessings of wisdom. Wisdom, wisdom offers incentive here for following her. She, 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 she wants to give us some um, motivation to follow her. She offers blessings. Uh, and you can see that especially, I think, in verses 32 to 35 and also verse 17. So verse 17 again. Wisdom says, I love those who love me. And verse 35 again, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. I think that's the, that's the blessing. Those are wisdom's rewards. Love, they could be summed up as love, life, and favor from God. I think the, 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 these, these are really part and parcel of one another. I don't think we should split hairs about precisely what each one of these things mean. They're part and parcel of one another. But love... In other words, acceptance, um, and not just tolerance, but, but real deep acceptance. And that's part and parcel of God's favor. In other words, God's enjoying us and, and his being well pleased with us, his being partial to us, working for our good um, and life. In other words, not just mere uh, physical existence, um, but there's more to that. But it, it, it's a full life. It's a flourishing life. Ultimately, it's eternal life. Ultimately. Really, I think it's a life like what we see with wisdom in verses 30 to 31. If you look at those verses again, wisdom says, Then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in him, rejoicing in his presence, Rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. Really, I think that's a great way to just sum up the, 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 the love, the life, the favor from God that God offers us um, as blessing. It's a good way to sum it all up. Um, uh, again, this life daily feeling God's delight and, and daily delighting in God. And, and delighting in his presence. And daily feeling delight in his creation. And daily feeling delight especially in his people. In his people. Again, it's essentially how I would describe just the gist of the love, life, and favor from God that wisdom offers here. And man, likewise with Jesus. Verse 35 could easily be put on the lips of Jesus. Verse 35 again says, Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Whoever finds me, Jesus says. And not just my teaching, not just my commands, but me, myself, personally. Whoever finds me will find life, will find love, will find favor from God. And again, I really think verses 30 to 31 are just a good way to, to sum up, to capture um, those blessings. It's a, it's a life... Right there, with, with Jesus. Uh, working, working with Jesus by his grace to advance his 
ministry. And it's, and it's doing that feeling, knowing, experiencing the delight of God our Father. And, and delighting back in God our Father. And delighting in His presence. And delighting in His creation. And delighting especially in His people. Delighting especially in um, His people. The blessing of wisdom. The, the blessing of, of Jesus. Um, so Jesus is calling us. I mean, he, he, he offers us love. He offers us life. He offers us favor with God. And, 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 and this is for everyone who will listen. So we would be wise to listen to Jesus. This is wisdom. This is to be wise. It is to listen to Jesus, to love Jesus, to follow Jesus, to treasure Jesus. This is the wise life. And uh, we would be wise to listen to him because, notice the alternative, verse 36, he says, He who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. So that's a sobering verse. It's, it's sobering because, notice, there's not really any middle ground there. There's not really any gray area there. Um, you either love Jesus... You accept him or you don't. You hate him. You reject him. Those are the the, the options. In in an ultimate sense, from God's perspective, I know we can see gray in this horizontally between one another and between our neighbors and our families and things. I get that. But from God's perspective, you're, you're either accepting Christ or you're rejecting Christ. You're loving Christ or you're hating Christ. Those are the options. There's no middle ground. And so it... It is, it is sobering to consider the alternative. Um, in the New Testament, in 1 John 5, uh, 1 John 5 says something very similar, uh, explicitly related to Jesus. 1 John 5, 9 to 12, it says there, This is the testimony of God that he is born concerning his son. So this might be on the back flap of, of the book of Jesus, we could say. Here, here's my testimony about my son. God gives us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. That's God's testimony about Jesus. And whoever has the Son has life. And whoever does not have the Son does not have life. And, and again, we don't really see any middle ground there. You either find, find and, and, and love and treasure Jesus, in which case you enjoy the blessings of love and life and the favor of God, or you don't. So love, life, favor, uh, from God. These are things that are for his people. They're for those who love Jesus and treasure Jesus and follow Jesus. Um, for those who desire him more than any other person, place, or thing in the world. So we would be wise to, to listen to him and to love him and to follow him. So listen to wisdom. She's calling. Wisdom is calling. Jesus is calling. And it's a wide open public call to anyone and everyone. There's nothing shady about it. It's not a Black Friday ad. And, 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 we, and, and we should do that because wisdom is worth it. Jesus is worth it. His righteousness and his justice, they make him more to be desired than any possible material gain that we could imagine. Um, his righteousness, his justice, what that does for us. Man, it's more to be desired. It's better than any possible material gain. And wisdom is experienced. Jesus is experienced. And he knows a thing or two because he's done. He's seen a thing or two. He's there at the very beginning. He is, in fact, the creator God. And as the incarnate word of God, Jesus, 
He has God the Father's deep, deep pleasure. And wisdom offers blessings. Again, Jesus offers us blessings. Deep and rich and full, lasting love, lasting life, lasting favor from God. Um, And man, this is for anyone who will, again, listen to his call and and love him and treasure him. So may the Lord help us. May the Lord uh, help us to do just that very thing. Uh, Let's pray. Lord, um, we do look to you just afresh now and, and ask for your help afresh now. I ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit afresh now for, for all of us here to, to have eyes wide open to the wonders of who you are and, and, and pray that you would move in children here. You would move in members and those regularly involved with us and guests with us. Just move in our hearts, all of us, Lord, to help us see how uh, how beautiful you are. Help us to see your worth. Help us to see the value of your experiences and, and, and help us to, to be uh, uh, stirred up to run after the blessings that you offer this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.